Our first scripture today is from Psalm, the Psalms. Uh, well, I'll be reading Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called you, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk through in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The word of God for the people of God. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for us. I love this, uh, this psalm, and I think it goes very well with how the Lord fulfilled his purpose with some folk he called to be his disciples. In Luke chapter 5, verse 1, I ask you to stand as the gospel is read. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats and asked Simon to push out a little bit from the water. And then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon said to him, Master, We've been working all night long and, and have caught nothing. But if you say so, I will let down the nets. And they began to catch so many fish, their nets were beginning to break. They called out to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats until they were about to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. And then, listen to this. Then Jesus said to him, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And when they brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
But master, we've been working all night long. And we've caught nothing. We're tired. We want to go home. Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. But Lord, we don't need the few extra fish we might be lucky enough to catch if we recast our nets mid-morning. You see, it was probably mid-morning by the time Jesus got done teaching out of the boat. When he asked Simon to let down his nets, they probably were pretty much ready to fall asleep. They'd been working all night. But Lord... Don't you know that the best time for anglers is in the quiet of the night? And certainly not now. Put out your net into deep water. And it's kind of like he was saying, Simon, you'll be more wide-eyed and bushy-tailed than a kitty cat cornered by a hound dog when you see what's coming. You see, it's not about the fish. It's about taking Jesus at his word, when we are called to attempt the impossible. Now, Jesus had two asks of Simon that day, and one was, he asked him to put, out his, put down his nets into deeper water, and then the second impossible ask was to follow me. I will make you fish for people. There was no guarantee of success. And the ones that he called, and there, see, there was, there was, it was Simon, who was later called Peter. There was Andrew, his brother. There was James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And Zebedee was there as well. And they were all a part of this. And none of them had credentials. None of them had been sifted through by any council in Jerusalem or by any apostle, uh, uh, indeed, company. None of them had been vetted for service to the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace. But it's like, just take me at my word. You see, our Lord sees the capacity that lies deep within each one of us to do His bidding. And the master of the wind and the wave also sees where the fish are swimming below the surface. It's almost like with a twinkle in his eye, he told Simon, I, I, I know it's not the opportune time, but if you'll just take me at my word, you'll have so many fish, you won't know what to do with them. William Barclay, in commenting on this passage, wrote, Too often we wait because the time is not opportune. If we wait for a perfect set of circumstances, we will never begin at all. If we want a miracle, we must take Jesus at his word when he bids us attempt the impossible. Jesus never wants doubted the capacity of those he called to change the world. And I truly believe it's a part of the plan of salvation that God has uniquely gifted each one of you to change the world, to alter the landscape of life. Do we always know what we're doing? No! But he will teach us as 
we follow, which is what he did with Simon and Andrew and James and John as they left their nets and followed. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know where they were going to lay their heads. And they had no guarantee of any success. And they dared take Jesus at his word. Benjamin Zonder, who is uh, the, uh, uh, the, the conductor of the London Philharmonic, uh, said one time, A leader never doubts the capacity of the people he is leading to realize whatever he is dreaming. Are you listening? There's some of you sitting in this room don't know what the future holds. You have no idea. And for some, the future looks a little bit bleak. But God is standing on your shore and telling you, you've got the right stuff. You've got all the capacity built within you to do my bidding. I know the circumstances are not always right. Life has dealt you a a horrible hand, and yet I see where the fish are swimming. You see, when Jesus calls us, he's not asking for our credentials or a list of our achievements. He's not asking if we are in in, in the pages of Wikipedia or in the, the Guinness Book of World Records. He's simply asking, are you available It's kind of like with, with Daniel and Maria. Their seminary credentials don't mean anything. I guess I should say that in the mirror. <laughs> what he's asking for is will we follow? When Jesus calls us, he's asking about our availability. And I've often, I've often said, Lord, um, I, I, I don't see the fish. I don't see what you see, and so it's hard. How can I take you at your word? And that's why this passage has been so special to me, and I have it committed in various parts to memory because it speaks to me. I have often said I don't see any fish out there. There's no compelling reason to push away from this shore. I like this shore. There's no better shore than the one I'm standing on, so don't make me leave it. I'll never forget. The call I got from the bishop's cabinet in May of 2002. I was driving in my car from Parsons, Kansas, back to my home in Independence, where I was pastor of the First United Methodist Church downtown. I had been at a district conference meeting, and I get this call on my it was a, in those days it was Kansas cellular bag phone one of those big things with a cord you had to put the antenna on the top with a magnet and the bag was about this big and I pulled over I answered the phone and and there was a district superintendent on the other line and he said I want you to go to a town in central Kansas to be the pastor now 
I said, I don't know. I was just finishing up a successful seven-year appointment as senior pastor at the First United Methodist Church in Independence, Kansas. The church had grown. Believe it or not, they had grown on classical music. And the sanctuary was now full. And we were nearing completion of building a 10,000-square-foot family life center, a multi-use building which sported a modern kitchen, spacious meeting hall, and an expanded preschool facility. I had tons of dreams for expanded ministry opportunities for that place. The future was bright. I was at the top of my game as a pastor. And now the bishop was wanting to appoint me to a church in central Kansas that had just suffered a big split. The clergy couple, pastors, had just left the denomination and they had recruited 90 people out of that congregation to go into the west part of town and start an independent church. And not only did they take 90 people, they took about $100,000 with them in giving. And so uh, the, the feelings were hurt, tempers flared, wounds were raw. They didn't know who was coming, who was going, who was snitching, who was spying. There would be no associate pastor. The salary, the salary would be significantly less than what I was making. And they wanted me to go be the pastor. My wife had a good nursing job in Independence. She would have to leave. My daughters had a a magnificent high school career. One of them uh, had already purchased her senior class ring and already had her letter jacket and, and lots of medals on it already. And she would have to uproot her senior year. And I go, why me? I don't see any fish there. I like the fish where I'm at. We got great things happening. There's compelling reason to, to stay. And there's no compelling reason to push away from this shore. I like this shore. There's no better shore than the one I'm standing on. There's one church member from that church in central Kansas who told me later, he said, when I heard you were coming, I said, what did Gary Brooks do wrong <laughs> to get sent here? But once again, this text came back to me. And just as Jesus said to Simon with a twinkle in his eye, put out your nets into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. It's like saying, I see the fish and where they're swimming. What I want you to do is just take me at my word. Well, I wasn't willing to do that, and I decided I'm going to do the Gideon thing. You know what the Gideon thing was? To put out some fleece to test God to see if he really was the one who was talking to me. So I put out the fleece. I said to God, here's the deal. (laughs) Here's the deal, God. If there's a job waiting for my wife, and if there's a way forward for my girls in high school... And there's a third thing I demanded, and I can't even remember what it is now. Then I will go. (laughs) You need to be careful how you put out the fleece. This was on a Friday before the weekend was over. My wife had a job. And my daughters were completely okay with some new and expanded opportunities they would have in the high school there. 
And the third thing that I can't remember, it was taken care of too. And so I said, Lord, if you say so, I'll let down the nets. And I said, yes. And get this, we packed up and went. What really hurt was the day we left when the moving van pulled away from the house and we were ready to pull away with a a, a trailer full of possessions, junk, (laughs) probably, to leave independence. The contractors came and they turned over the keys to the brand new building. They were finished. And I had to receive those keys and then pass them along. We don't always see the fish. And I'll bet some of you don't see the fish right now. You don't know where your life is going. You can't perceive that there'll be any success, any which way you turn. Life may not look the best. I want to invite you that when you come to communion today, and you are filled with the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you will have strength to say what Simon said. Lord, if you say so, I'll let down the nets. I will follow you when you bid me to attempt the impossible. Now, i got to say this. We packed up and we went. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, But I want to tell you that when we moved to Great Bend and I became the pastor there, I served seven years and it was some of the, the, the seven best years of my life. The good Lord saw the fish when I didn't. We had a good time there. And the church grew, get this, in in a period of three years, we recouped the loss in new members of the 90 that left. In three years, we received 93 new members. And I so wanted to go out on the street and look down at the other church and go, nah, 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 nah. But I didn't. I was just thankful that I got to be a part of the fishing expedition that Jesus wanted me to take. Now when Jesus came to the shore and called his first disciples, he didn't ask for their credentials. He didn't ask for their list of accomplishments or whether they were worthy. He didn't have a team to vet whether or not they were worthy uh, employees in the company. He simply wanted them to know that they belonged to him. That they did not choose Jesus. Jesus chose them. In fact, as recorded in the Gospel of John, he records the words of Jesus as he told his disciples, You did not choose me. I chose you. And I chose you to be a light, as it turns out, to the whole world. 
Never once has our Lord doubted the capacity that lies within each one of you to do his bidding. Whatever God is calling you to do, whatever God is calling you to be, I invite you to trust him, to take him at his word. You belong to him. He will help you do the impossible. And he will work his grace in you for this life. For you are God's very own, capable in the first degree, gifted beyond measure, unique, beautiful, loved. That's why it wasn't because of the fish. Oh, I probably had a little to do with it. It was because of the compelling challenge and call of our Lord that they dropped their nets and they left everything and they said yes. Will you say yes when he calls you to attempt the impossible?